0: A bread called Nazuki, a candy called Churchkella, and how to rent a car when there's no rental car companies. This week, we're in the country of Georgia.
1: Traveling the world to bring you delicious dishes, tasty beverages, and interesting experiences. This is the Destination Eat Drink Podcast on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network
0: i'm brent peterson this is destination eat drink the travel podcast and website for foodies welcome each week we visit a place with great food and drink and this week we're in georgia that's georgia the country not georgia the state but first let me tell you where i'm at the trono festival is a monthly celebration in the Stubel neighborhood of trono now Stubel, you probably don't know it's a town about an hour or so south of Lisbon. And this is where I live now, here in Portugal. So when I found out this neighborhood, not too far from where I live, has a monthly festival every summer, had to come and check it out. Really, it seems more of like a block party, an excuse for the people in the neighborhood to come out and just enjoy themselves. A lot of people move out into the street, a lot of businesses move their stuff out into the street, and there's lots of fun stuff happening. But really, it's an excuse to come by, have a drink, listen to some music. They say they're going to have a movie later on, so maybe we'll check that out as well. This week, my guest is Rob Rose. Rob is the creator and host of the show Raw Travel. He's been all over the world to make Raw Travel, which is now in its ninth season. He's also a return guest to Destination Eat Drink. I had him on the show back on episode 152 when we talked about Croatia. I also had him on the show when uh, we met in Lisbon a couple months ago. I'll put a link to both those episodes in the show notes at radiomisfits.com slash DED182. In addition to Rob and I talking about Georgia bread and the proper way to eat Georgian dumplings, we talk about Rob's visit to the disputed region of Ossetia and his philosophy of giving back while traveling. But first... If you like the podcast, do me a favor, give us a five-star rating on your podcast delivery platform, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Amazon, wherever. Give up those five stars. I'd really appreciate it. Okay, enough of that. I'm starving, so let's eat. Destination, eat, drink. Rob, welcome back to Destination Eat Drink. It's great to have you back on the podcast again. Last time we had you on, we were talking about one of my favorite places that I've been, Croatia. I'd like to talk to you today about a place that I haven't been to, but I'm really excited to go to, which is the country of Georgia. Um, But before we get into that, I wanted to ask you, because I love watching your show Raw Travel, and one of the things that I like most about it is how you make a special effort in the show to give back to some of the places you visit. Could you explain for us what that philosophy means?
1: Yeah, I think I was inspired by this style of travel, which, by the way, I most certainly did not invent. I was living in Colombia abroad, um, living in Medellin, but traveling all over Latin America and you know when you're traveling long term you have different uh, objectives than when you're traveling let's say for 7 days or 8 days or even 2 weeks you're you know money is a major issue you're not trying to you know stay in the $300 a night hotel every night for a year that's insane right so you're staying you're living more like a local right you're you're doing more long term type of travel slow travel which i love uh but the other thing is it 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 provided an opportunity to get to know fellow travelers and also uh to see the different ways that people travel and so i noticed that there were a lot of people who were uh, volunteering you know in their travels that was their style of travel they were specifically going to locations to volunteer and they were combining uh, their love of um of giving back to other people with their love of travel And uh, some people call it volunteerism. Uh, So I was just, you know, inspired as I was like, you know, I've seen a lot of shows, um, travel shows in the U.S. and they all seem to focus on, you know, kind of luxury travel, what I call fantasy travel, travel that the average person is kind of like, wow, that'd be great. I hope I get rich someday and I can afford to do that jet set around the world, not realizing that you have, it's within reach right now. I don't care how much money or how little money you make, you can travel now because it's sometimes cheaper to travel abroad than it is to live in the United States. And so when people realize that, and volunteerism is one way that they can do that. And um, so you can go volunteer, you can go, you can do simple things for the day, you can, you know, do a DIY volunteerism, which we cover, which is, you know, it be simple as simple as taking deflated soccer balls with you to a really poor area and giving it to the kids. I've taken frisbees to kids in remote villages and stuff and just had a blast pencils for school supplies. Or you can align with an organization, um, which, you know, you want to do your research because unfortunately there are some bad actors out there. And so what we try to do is try to, you know, show people how easy it is to get back. Not, you know, necessarily show them a roadmap how to do it, but to inspire them to think about doing it. Because what I found is it added a lot to my travels and just made traveling that much more fulfilling and less of a selfish pursuit of pleasure and more like um, uh, uh, an inspiring journey that was uplifting to my soul.
0: You know, Rob, as you were describing this, a thought occurred to me, and. You tell, me, you tell me what you think of this, um, because this might be a little bit out there. But I think a lot of times when I talk to Americans who are going to be traveling and I talk about some of the places we're going to go, they, see, they say things to me like, oh, aren't you afraid of going there because of X, Y, Z events? I'll give an example. In Sicily, uh, when we were there a few years ago, they were going through the crush of having refugees coming over in boats from Libya. And people were like... Right. Why do you want to go there? I'm like, that's exactly the reason why I want to go. Th- I want to find out what's going right. on over there. Um, do you think this is a, a prevalent uh, thought process in uh, tourists in America is, hey, I want to avoid that kind of thing. I don't want to see firsthand how people are struggling.
1: I mean, you, I, I can't tell you the number of times I've had people um, say, isn't that dangerous? Or is it safe to go here? Or- even something as simple as have a safe trip, which I know the meaning is is good, but I heard Rick Steve say once, well, he answers, Well, have a good stay have a safe stay at home. Right. Because quite literally, man, you are staying in one of the most violent countries in the world. And I mean, as I've when I it was funny because I lived in Colombia, which had obviously has a violent past, recent past, and, and can be still troublesome to this day. But when I would talk to Colombians, they would talk about how dangerous they thought the United States was. Hmm. And I was trying to figure out where their perspective... Well, the school shootings were a thing at that point. Uh, still are, unfortunately. Uh, so they were top of mind news. And also they would see movies like Die Hard with a Vengeance because those type yeah. of movies are the ones that international audiences see. That's why they make them that way. So they see explosions and blow them up and people, everybody's got a gun. And so they're seeing the headlines. And I think, you know, the thing is... What makes the news are headlines or headlines are the you know newsworthy events are usually tragedies, things that are uh, difficult for people to process in their brain. I go out and mow the yard. That doesn't make the headlines, but that's <laughs> es- essentially what is happening most of the world over. People are just living their lives, and uh, that's the value of travel: is you, you actually go and see for yourself and ninety nine percent of the time when someone says that place is dangerous, I need to go and see it for myself, and I will find that it is not uh one exception would be Belize City, Belize. <laughs> I actually was like, "Wow, the hype is real, man, this place is kind of dangerous oh, okay, uh let me get out of here, but for the most part, you know, call me careless or whatever, and I have been robbed and all that stuff. but for the most part, I have found that um you just can't listen to that, you have to just go do it and um you know the fear is 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 way bigger than the reality.
0: I kind of took you off on a tangent here. We were talking about giving back, um, and I did want to circle back to that because I was just wondering if you had any specific memories of some of your favorite places or particular events or people that you met along the way while you were practicing this philosophy of giving back while you travel.
1: Yeah, a couple of them. One is, uh, believe it or not, right here in the United States, uh, Pine Ridge, South Dakota, um, the um, Lakota Sioux Reservation in Pine Ridge is, uh, I think, if not the poorest, one of the poorest counties in the United States, um, you know, just uh, the home of the Wounded Knee Massacre, uh, uh, kid suicide, kid suicide, preteen suicide, which is a tragedy And I I needed to go to Pine Ridge and I needed to see it for myself and I needed to see what was happening. Is anybody helping? And what I found was that people are helping all over the place and that there's all these good things happening there. There are challenges in Pine Ridge, but it felt so good to go there. And I read Native American books when I was a kid. So I was kind of in awe of the place, really, and the people I met who were descendants of these, you know the leader of descendants of red cloud, you know, and you're like, Oh my God. Their, wow. Their great grandfather was red cloud. That was fulfilling. And then internationally I went to the Philippines um, and worked with project Pearl and they go in every weekend and work with kids who live essentially in a garbage dump where their parents are garbage pickers mm. and just seeing these little kids playing with plastic bags and and a string and just so happy. And realizing that there are so many kids in the United States that are, myself included, grew up with way more toys and stuff that aren't as happy. And that that realization that comfort does not equal happiness ever. Uh, they're two different things. They're two different emotions. We all want to be comfortable. But just because you're comfortable does not mean you're happy. And these kids in uh, the Philippines and Manila at this uh, garbage dump had no idea they were poor. They were smiling and having a good time. Uh you know, and I, I regret that, you know, and anything you can do to try to help them have some kind of hygiene and eat healthy food and play games and forget their surroundings for a bit, I think is a wonderful thing. I saw a, wonder, a lot of wonderful, good people, including several Americans living there who were volunteering for Project Pearl. And um, I, it was it was heartwarming. It's hard not to cry, man, when you're there. Out of joy, not out of sadness, out of joy.
0: And if folks who aren't going to go there want to help out, we'll have a link to Project Pearl in the show notes. Um, I wanted to have you on today because on your last season of the show, season eight, you did a trip through Georgia. And when we talk about Georgia, we're talking about the country, not the state in the U.S. And this place has been a place that I have just been enthralled with ever since... It's a weird connection for me because uh, when we were in Bordeaux, France, they built this gorgeous wine museum right in the middle of town and just a beautiful space. But they had this exhibit on Georgian wine. And I knew that Georgian had some kind of connection to wine, but I didn't realize that they were basically the inventors of wine. (laughs) And so ever since then, I have just been amazed with Georgia. Mm -hmm. I, I love watching the videos on YouTube. I loved watching your show. Tell me what your first impression was when you got to Georgia, Rob.
1: Well, you hit the nail on the head, wine. I mean, it's like <laughs> the first thing they're going to feed you when you're there. And you're not going to not drink wine any day that you're not that you're there. Because they grow it. Everybody grows it. It doesn't matter. Live in the middle of the city. They got grapes. And they don't grow it to sell. They grow it to drink and to share with their friends. And it's organic. I never had a hang. I mean, I don't want to say I never had a hangover, but I never really... <laughs> I never felt like bad the next day. I was like jet lag, but I was like, I don't think I'm hung over. And I drank a lot of Georgian wine last night. It was um, an amazing experience. And then if you really are, if you want a road trip through Georgia, it's extraordinarily easy to travel. They don't have rental car agencies, but you can rent a car from an individual who hopefully speaks enough English. I saw that English. on your, on your yeah. show.
0: You're like, yeah, you can't. Yeah. Avis ain't here. You rent no. from, you know, Joe <laughs> down the street. And yeah. Yeah, that's real. <laughs>
1: It's like an Airbnb for rental cars kind of thing. Yeah, and they'll – you know, you have insurance and all that stuff and, you know, it t- shows you the p- difference in the propane and the gasoline. So, hopefully – you, fi- I mean, you figure these things out, right? And um, the roads were, I found were easy. They, they had warned me about the crazy Georgian drivers. I was like, these got nothing on New York City, man. This is easy. <laughs> right. And it's just beautiful and you can just stop on the side of the road and have some wine, have some of the Georgian bread. I mean – you know fresh vegetables uh, the food was outstanding, and the people are incredibly hospitable incr- i mean- po- po- very possibly and i I hate to say this because there's so many places I've said this about, but very possibly the f- the friendliest people I've ever met like just just bananas
0: in the last couple of years um one one thing that I follow is these um uh digital nomad forums. And One thing that I've seen recently within the last couple of years is that a lot of digital nomads from North America are making uh, Georgia a stop because of the easy visa process. Did you see a lot of North Americans when you were in Georgia?
1: I you know I really did not uh I went with a fellow North American she was the reason I went um she's a travel blogger named uh uh Cynthia and she's a really good friend of mine and Cynthia Cramblet and she has uh, a travel blog I think it's called her drive and and a podcast as well And so Cynthia was raving about Georgia and this guy, George, that she had met in Spain from Georgia. And I'm like, George from Georgia? And she's like, yes. (laughs) And his friend was named George too. And I'm like, oh my God, two Georges named from Georgia and you met him in Spain? Anyway, she had stayed in touch with him. And so we were kind of looking on, you know, a a place that we could take a buddy road trip because we we got along so well. And I was like, you know, can we travel together? I'm pretty hard to travel with. She's like, so am I. So I was like, this will be fun. We both shoot video. So uh, anyway, long story short, we went, I think, in August of 2019 and George from Georgia just kind of like set the itinerary for us. He has his own travel company there. That's one of the things he does and um, took us out in Tbilisi, uh, really paved the, you know, showed us our options for itinerary, um, took us to places like Ossetia, which is the disputed territory where Russia invaded Georgia mm-hmm. and just keeps invading and adding over to their border and there's people trapped in Ossetia who can't leave their homes because if they leave from quote unquote occupied Russia to Georgia they can't come back. George had served in the Georgia military during the Georgia Russia conflict. He knew this um history and he had some contacts at the border and he was able to take us there and 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 to actually see it and this was you know part of Georgia I didn't realize that history and i felt really blessed cuz not only was i there to drink wine and to eat good food i learned from the georgian perspective what it's like to live with russia breathing down your neck invading your territory hmm. kind of being lawless and not having anybody but hopefully the united states to to got you, hopefully has your back cuz if they don't you're 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 screwed and they don't want to be to turn to georgia they want to be part of the eu so you know that kind of history, um, and and by the way, this has been going on for thousands of years. If it wasn't Russia, it was somebody else. Somebody's always invading Georgia. They've been invaded like I don't know, uh, hundreds of times over the centuries, and you know. But just learning that and learning, and and I'm like, you know, is that why these people are so friendly? They're just able to just shrug these things off and just be extraordinarily cheerful and hospitable with people. Um, I I don't know what it is about Georgians, but they're just incredible people. So anyway, Cynthia had a connection. We decided to do this road trip, and it was uh, one of the most memorable trips I've ever taken. And I think she would say the same thing.
0: You mentioned going to this disputed area. Is this the type of place where we could go as an independent traveler, or would we have to know someone like George who could, you know, kind of pave the way for us? In other words, is, is this a place that's available for a regular tourist?
1: you know i don't think so uh because we were media we went uh we we actually george didn't even know if we could go but we went to the border and we had to go under police escort and the timing was right the the russian military was not around that day at that area and the bbc uh happened to have a film crew that was going and i thought it was so funny cuz they had like three vans and 40 people to film the exact same thing that Cynthia and I filmed. (laughs) They were like, get out of our shot. And I'm like, you get out of our shot, man. (laughs) You know, I was like, dude. Freaking BBC, who do you think
0: you are? (laughs) Right,
1: exactly. I was like, how much money are you spending for this shot? And, uh, you know, but it was, you know, and we saw the lady, it was a poor old lady and her husband and her, um, basically the border crossed them and they can't leave. She's trapped behind this barbed wire fence because that's her farm, you know, and she leaves she can't go back. George, our guide, um, you know, had a wine farm. His family had a wine farm that he can't go back to because wow. the Russians have it. They took it over. Holy cow. Yeah. So that's those are things that you learn when you travel. These are things that I would have never known or read about. I wouldn't have comprehended it unless I had gone to Georgia. When you comprehend it and you go, I don't think a regular travel could do it, but they could try um, and the reason we did it, I, I try not to show things on the show that a traveler can't do, that we're getting special treatment. Uh, but the reason I did it is I wanted other people to be aware of the situation. And I felt like this was a unique opportunity to do that. So I do get occasionally special privileges as the media, but not often because most of the time I'm a tourist. I'm a, I'm a I'm media posing as a tourist. You know, I'm just a guy with a DSLR camera.
0: <laughs> you mentioned the bread of Georgia. Is this, uh, is this like a brown bread? Is this a right? What, what, how do you describe this bread? What was it like? Yeah. So,
1: well, uh, if you get it when it's hot and by the way, there was a special area. It was, um, I think it's called, well, there's kachapuri, which is, um, kind of like an egg on top of bread. Like it's a, Mm. it's like a famous cheese filled. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Exactly. That's not the bread I'm talking about. Uh, um. I forgot the name of it as usual, <laughs> uh, but uh, it it was just on the side of the road. Maybe they use it to make Kachapuri. I'm not sure. Uh, Nazuki, that's what it's called. Nazuki, and Nazuki is just fresh. I mean, I think you get any fresh homemade bread, it's going to taste good, right? But Nazuki, we were driving, and there was just on the side of the road just these ones. Nazuki uh, stand after another stand after another. And we were like, well, we got to do this because we'd had a bunch of wine. We needed some carbs, you know. I was driving, so I didn't have any wine. But, um, you know, I'm on my best behavior when I travel, by the way. But my, but Cynthia, that's what's great about going with a buddy. She could imbibe in the wine. She's just and I would drive. Yeah, exactly. And then the next day, I could, I could be the wine, the the the, the alcoholic, you know. So we we took turns doing that and um, just stopping, you know, uh, having some nizuki. It was fantastic, man. And also getting to know the people. And here's what's ironic. A lot of them didn't speak English. No English. Didn't matter. We, you learn how to communicate, man. Um, You don't never underestimate the, uh, the value of sign language of uh, charades.
0: Pointing and smiling is highly underrated, Rob. (laughs) Underrated, man.
1: When you need toothpaste, just, you know, make the brush your teeth motion, shampoo, toilet paper. Well, maybe not toilet paper, but,
0: you know. know Find another way. (laughs) Right, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> On that show, it, it looked like you were stopping quite often at these roadside places that are selling food. Did these these stalls just pop up out of nowhere as you're driving along the road?
1: Well, you know, it's interesting. Like, it seemed like the stalls, they would all just sell the same thing, you know, like in a general area. So you had the Nazuki area. And then you had the um what's the candy? I think it's called um
0: what's it church kella? Church Kella.
1: Church Kella, yeah, that's how I pronounce it. Church Kella. You can find Church Kella almost everywhere. And um, you know, but again, I'm not a big can I'm not gonna go eat a bunch of candy bars in the United States, but I'll eat church kella all day long because while it might be a little sugary, it's all natural. And we would eat it like in place of an energy bar. So in between meals, we just stop and get some church kella um or fruit Oh, the fruit was just so i mean there's a point on the show where we're buying some grapes and i'm like look at the shape they they're teardrop shaped
0: mm, yeah
1: you know they're natural this is how they're grown um and then like i said wine you can get you know anywhere and uh, everywhere and it's just um, chacha which i think is made from the leftover grapes of the wine it's called chacha uh more like a brandy kind of thing and you can do shots of that and you you eat that with church church, uh, church Kella, I think I mean it was just you know it, it was just such good food man so fresh
0: yeah the chacha is interesting because you're not too far I guess from the Balkan Peninsula and it kind of reminds right. me of like Serbian rakia a little bit because it's made from the right. distilled grape pomace um, right is is it as ubiquitous in Georgia as it is in places like Croatia or Serbia? Do you see cha-cha everywhere? Everyone makes a little cha-cha on the side?
1: P- pretty much, yeah. You just Anywhere there's wine, you're going to find some cha-cha. Uh, it's pretty much what I found. And um, again, I, I, when we got outside of T- Tbilisi, which is the capital city, is absolutely 100% worth two or three days. You know, Spend some time in Tbilisi. It's a wonderful capital city. Uh, it's got an old town. But what's, what you really want to do, I think, is take a road trip. And we weren't able to, of course, road trip all of, you know, Georgia because the roads are, are, are pretty good. But it's just you're limited by time. And, um, you know, as you're driving along, you will see, you know, wine places where they sell wine, wine paraphernalia. The interesting thing about the wine glasses that they sell, they're like pottery glasses. And you'll notice they're not something that you put down on a table. It has a little teardrop it shape to it as well. And so if you put it on a table, it's just going to roll over. So you're like, well, how is this a wine glass? Well, the way it is, they shoot wine. They don't sip it. <laughs> okay. So you're literally, and, and by the way, uh, the day that we were drinking, I mean, I'm going to make Cynthia sound like an alcoholic. I'm sure I drink way more than she does, but I was driving. And so we were everywhere we stayed, they had their own vineyard and they all wanted us to taste wine. So it's like breakfast. We literally just had breakfast and they're, pouring wine down our gullets you oh know and giving us wine for the road and it's just how they show love i think and appreciation for people and it's just wine there is is synonymous with georgia they're they're one and the same
0: i want to circle back quickly because you mentioned the church churchkella candy and for folks who don't know what that is how do you describe that to people
1: so what it looks like is um this some a candy on a string basically it's like this dipped it looks like a candle actually um, and so it looks like a candle like this but it, this it's it's basically candle uh, candy looped on a string and um it's dipped i believe in some kind of um batter that um you know again is is all natural We looked what was in it and it was like, oh, we can eat that. You know, it had a high sugar content. It was all natural sugar. And um, you could get it in various flavors as well. Right. The dumplings were fantastic as well. I think they call those... um, uh, Kinkali? Kinkali. Yeah, there we go.
0: Yeah. Tell me about the dumplings.
1: Yeah. So the kinkali might be... And and I don't want to know the caloric content of kinkali, (laughs) man, because, dude, it is filling. But... And we were there during the summer, but obviously it gets it gets chilly in the winter. So I can imagine on a winter day, can college just like, that's what you want. But basically what you do and, and what we showed in the show is that you have to kind of bite a little hole in the dumpling. It's like a meat dumpling and it's got this gravy or this hot liquid. So you want to let it cool, you blow on it, you let it cool, and then you suck the juice out first and that is just so delicious and then you eat you know the dumpling after that so there's a system to it and you need to let the expert which thankfully we had george there show us how to do it otherwise i would have just dug in and burned my mouth you know right so you know especially kinkali and they have restaurants that just serve kinkali and beer and uh really hearty 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 food um i was really surprised and i think that was Cynthia, who used to live in Washington, D.C., I think that was her initial turn on to Georgian culture. There was a Georgian restaurant there that she frequented and fell in love with the food and then met these Georgian guys in Spain and kind of stayed in touch with them. It was like, I'm going to come see you. And we were able, I'm so happy I was able to help her keep her promise that she was, you know, years later able to come see them. And George and I, who I'd never met before, that trip are, are good friends to this day, and he's helped me with, um you know, hooked me up with tour guides in Croatia and other friends of his, you know, around the region. I highly recommend anybody who goes to Georgia to use his services. Uh, Expert Guides Georgia is the name of his company, but he's basically a one-man tour guide, uh, as far as I know, and he is uh, excellent, an excellent local who can show you around and is going to show you an authentic Georgian experience and loves Loves his country.
0: You mentioned that uh, Tbilisi, the capital city, is worth a few days before you go on your road trip. Uh, Is there one or two must-see or must-do things while you're in Tbilisi? Yeah,
1: I would say seeing the old town of Tbilisi, um, you know, is probably the, the thing to do. And you can take a metro cable up to the top and there's like this huge... Kind of monument kind of resembles the Statue of Liberty in the United States, but it's at the top of a hill and it's like this silver lady. I forgot what her name is, but you take the cable car up to the top and then you can walk down and, um, you know, you'll see these Turkish baths everywhere. And unfortunately, we were not. I call them Turkish baths, but they're Georgian baths. You know, they're just part of the share that culture. And, um, man, I, we, we toured a couple of them, but we didn't get to do it. But, that, like, if you're doing some slow travel, man, take some time and do one of the baths, do one of the steam baths, um, and just, you know, go to the old town. Uh, because uh, Tbilisi does look fairly modern. Uh, it's got a mixture of um, influences from old Soviet block-style buildings to more modern European-style buildings. Um, but the old town is uh, is a must see because it's really old. It's like a thousand years old, I think. You know,
0: I think that's a good way to uh, end this episode in Tbilisi, Georgia. Rob, it's been great talking to you. I'm looking forward to uh, you know seeing more places where you're going to be going in the future. I always love watching Raw Travel. I look forward to seeing it on my station on Saturday afternoons. And folks should check their uh, local listings for uh, when that show heirs in their particular town. Thanks again for being on the show, Rob. I look forward to uh, talking to you again real soon.
1: Yeah, it's been a pleasure, Brent. Thank you for having me. And uh, I hope some people are able to garner some value, uh, you know, from from what we discussed. And, uh, you know, please watch the show. Appreciate it.
0: Okay, there you go. I got to say, talking to Rob has only made me more determined to visit Georgia. Got to got to make that happen. There's links to raw travel and where to watch Rob's show in the show notes. That's at radiomisfits.com slash DED 182. Now, while you're listening to this show that we just had, you might've thought to yourself, why didn't he ask Rob about Ukraine? Uh, Rob's camera person is from Ukraine. It's true. Um, The reason I didn't was because this interview was recorded before the war in Ukraine started. I moved things around a little bit because Rob came to visit uh, in Lisbon, so I wanted to air that one first. But anyway, that's why the interview happened before then. But there's a lot of parallels. Listening back to this interview now, I'll tell you, you know, uh, Ossetia being occupied by the Russian military, it really gives you pause because that was years ago, uh, eight years ago now that Russia invaded parts of Georgia and they still occupy it, which gives you pause when you think about what's happening in Ukraine. Now, regardless of that sad note, it has been fun here hanging at the Trono market. I'll definitely be back next month. They have a little outdoor festival in the small neighborhood in Stubel, Portugal, every month during the summer. Next week on the show, we're going to be talking beer. Because it's getting hotter, <laughs> it's summertime, there's no better time to talk beer. Until then, check out my website, destinationeatrink.com. I just posted a story about a fruit in Portugal that I'd never had before moving here, the Nespera. Read about that at destinationeatrink.com slash blog. Destination Eat Drink is distributed by the Radio Misfits Podcast Network and a guy who always properly sucks the broth from his Kincali, Ed Silla. Thanks, Ed. I'm Brent Peterson. I'll see you down the road.
1: Join us next week for another culinary adventure on Destination Eat Drink, a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network.